If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Because of your extraordinary bravery and intelligence, you have earned the titles of Honorary Corporal Rusty and Honorary Private Rin Tin Tin. Ever since Rin Tin Tin, the superstar German Shepherd, who on-screen rescued plenty of people and off-screen rescued Warner Brothers from bankruptcy in the 1920s, dogs have played leading roles in Hollywood. Look, there's Toto. Where'd he come from? From Kansas's most courageous Cairn Terrier. He's come to take us to Dorothy. To the collie who seemed to save more people in the 1950s than the polio vaccine did. To the golden retriever who held court in the Airbud movies. Dogs don't play basketball. What's the matter, gentlemen? Afraid your team might get beat by a dog? But I'm not sure any dog has ever played a role as multifaceted as the one played by the Jack Russell Terrier, who starred in the 1990s PBS television series Wishbone. Believe me, it was nothing. Hey, Wishbone, let's have some meatloaf. Did I hear you say meatloaf? (laughs) That dog's real name was Soccer. Now, as Wishbone, he didn't just beg for treats. Soccer was a total action hero dog. Soccer was winning battles and getting knighted and solving mysteries. Look closely. The clues could be anywhere. No one is above suspicion. Wishbone, it turns out, had a rich fantasy life. In each episode, he imagined himself as a hero in a different work of classic literature. Viewers at home saw him leading a merry band of outlaws against the Sheriff of Nottingham. Robin Hood, at your service, sir. Romancing like Shakespeare's Romeo. With love's light wings did I o'erperch these walls. <laughs> and inspired by Jules Verne, digging deep, going where no dog or man had gone before. 
Proof that we are on the right track. Onward to the center of the earth! For the show's target audience of 6 to 11-year-olds, soccer became a tween idol. I have pictures of people waiting in line two blocks long just to see this dog. What's the story, Wishbone? What's this your dream? Today, there's a whole pack of grown-ups out there who were first weaned on Mark Twain or the legend of Faust or the Greek epics through Wishbone. I remember like on my 10th birthday, I think it was, we were going to go mini golfing and I insisted, but we had to stay home for Wishbone first. And as a 25-year-old, a mere pup myself, I got to write for Wishbone. I, I've told people that writing for the show was like an assignment from an English professor on acid. It totally like, was. So much went into this show to make it a hit, but none of it would have worked without the top dog. I think every movie star um, has eyes that tell stories, and Soccer had the most amazing dog eyes. He was a magic little creature, man. He really was. He, he looked so good on camera. I shouldn't say this, but he wasn't the smartest dog I've ever trained, but he was so devoted Once he learned it, he would walk on water for me. He just loved to be out with me working. To him, it wasn't work. From CBS Sunday Morning and iHeart, I'm Mo Rocca, and this is Mobituaries. This Mobit, Wishbone. June 26, 2001. Death of a Working Dog. All right, so what was Wishbone about? Well, let's have some fans who grew up with the show explain. So it was called Wishbone, and it was this little dog, Jack Russell Terrier. Wishbone has a love for classic literature. And then he would, like, magically transport himself into stories. Wishbone is a children's television show that aired on PBS in the 1990s, and it is the only reason why I ever passed an English class, because I did not do the reading. Okay, now my turn. The show was about a dog named Wishbone, who lived in a town called Oakdale. Wishbone would get into all sorts of adventures with his owner, a boy named Joe, and the other neighborhood kids. And those adventures would remind Wishbone of, stay with me here, stories from classic literature. It could be a novel like Treasure Island, an epic poem like Homer's Odyssey, an African folktale like Anansi the Spider. Wishbone read a lot. He didn't waste time watching TV. Just go with it. And so each episode alternated between Wishbone living his regular life in Oakdale and his fantasy life as the hero of classic literature. Twin plots thematically connected. More about his fantasy life later. Basically, Wishbone the show was all about story. But the story of the dog who played Wishbone begins with an animal trainer named Jackie Captain. Hello? Jackie? Yes? It's Mo. Oh my goodness, it's been so long. It's been more than 25 years. Jackie's been living off the grid way up in Haines, Alaska. You know, you're not easy to get a hold of. <laughs> well, that's the reason I came up here. You know, <laughs> I retired um, eight years ago. It's beautiful up here. Good fishing. 
Um, bears walk through my property. <laughs> Do you think that bears know your background with animals and that they kind of respect it? Well, I've kind of told them, uh, look, we're on common ground here. You leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Jackie actually began her career in motion pictures working with wild animals, including bears. But she learned much of what she knows about training dogs from famed Hollywood trainer Frank Inn. I went to work for him, um, and that was probably the best experience I had learning uh, how to do dogs for motion picture. Frank Inn worked on Lassie, I Love Lucy. He trained Audrey Hepburn's orange tabby cat in Breakfast at Tiffany's. He wrangled all 500 of the animals comprising Ellie Mae Clampett's cast of Critters on the Beverly Hillbillies. Critters will do things for that girl he wouldn't do for nobody else. Here he is training the lovable mutt who starred in the Benji movies. Come on, nudge it, Benji, please, come on. Come on, nudge it, nudge it. Good kid, look here, up, feet up, stay, and speak. And he just was this larger-than-life character, big man, with a big handlebar mustache and a captain's hat. And you just couldn't forget him if you ever saw him work a dog. Frank Ann helped Jackie launch her own career. She worked on the 1983 horror movie Cujo. Cujo? About a rabid St. Bernard. Cujo, what's the matter? And she helped Ethan Hawke bond with a surly wolfhound in White Fang. Just wanted to pet him. White Fang was shot up in Haynes, Alaska. Jackie says she knew then that one day she'd retire there. Have you got any dogs up there? I only have one dog left, which is really weird for me. I have the Beverly Hills Chihuahua, Rosa. Oh my gosh. And remember, Rosa, there's nothing wrong with being different. Different is just a nice way of saying runt. Yeah, she's 12 now. She only weighs three pounds. She's the Beverly Hills Chihuahua, and she's living in Haines, Alaska, surrounded by grizzlies. How's that working out? Well, she doesn't go out much. I mean, because everything wants to get her. The eagles, I mean, you know, so she pretty much just stays in the cabin. Oh, my God. But, Jackie, I know you're retired, but this just screams out for a Beverly Hills Chihuahua sequel. I mean, Escape to Alaska. I know, it does, doesn't it? I like that idea. Jackie met the dog who would one day play Wishbone back in 1988 in Connecticut when he was just a week old. And I said, that is the cutest little puppy I've ever seen. Jackie took him home that very day and named him Soccer. But because of Soccer's markings, brown patches around his left eye and right ear, casting directors thought he looked too much like the little rascal's dog, Petey. Pretty soon, it seemed clear. Soccer's acting career was going nowhere. Yeah, he didn't do much at all until he did Wishbone. And he was six or seven, I think. Six or seven in dog years. You do the math. He was getting up there. A has-been without ever having been. My husband and all my friends were like, Really, Jaggy? Why do you spend so much time training on this dog? I like this dog. He's my buddy. I don't care if he ever works. I like this dog. And they'd all laugh at me. I'm telling you, one day, this dog is going to get what he deserves. In 1993, auditions for the lead role in Wishbone were announced. But Jackie was tied up on another project. I was in Montana working on River Wild. And she wasn't particularly interested. I'm tied up on a feature movie here, you know. 
Sidebar, I loved The River Wild, an action adventure starring a buff Meryl Streep opposite an evil Kevin Bacon. You and the dog are expendable. Right now, I think I'll get rid of the dog. But the Wishbone team liked Soccer's look and prevailed on Jackie to bring him in for an audition. And Soccer wowed them. He wasn't just charming. He pulled off all of his tricks with the cool, confidence, even cockiness of a Jean-Claude Van Damme. He sealed the deal with a backflip, which you can see in the show's opening credits. Now, Jackie could get Soccer to do a lot, but she couldn't make him actually talk. When I first was asked to audition to be the voice of Wishbone, I had no idea what the show was. That became the job of stand-up comic and voiceover actor Larry Brantley. And I've done this my whole life with animals. I I watch an animal, and I think I know what they're thinking. I don't know why I think that, but I'm just, I'm convinced. I know what's going on in that tiny little head, and and I'm pretty good at verbalizing it. Wishbone had his voice. And so in the summer of 1994, trainer Jackie Captain packed her bags and soccer for the suburbs of Dallas, Texas, where Wishbone would be filmed. I know, Texas in the summer, it's not pretty. But any skepticism Jackie might have felt had melted away. She was now sold on the idea of the show. You know, this could be the last thing that I do, and it seems like it's important It's educational for children. It'll get them to read again. And it just hit me. It drew me. And it was like, this little dog could really bring this alive. Of course, soccer would never go with anybody else. He'd always been with me. So You had to be there. Well, I mean, he was was a great little dog, but um, he had a soft side to him. And if I wasn't there, I, I don't know that he would have danced the jig like he did. And in fact, he did dance jigs. In, I mean, he did kind of every behavior, really. Uh, there was times when we do production meetings and I'd think, really, folks? In my head, he doesn't have thumbs. I don't know how he's going <laughs> to shoot a bow and arrow. It was like, oh, my goodness, who wrote this? Well, I was one of the people who wrote for Wishbone. And writing for this dog would end up being one of the most formative experiences of my life. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Did you ever think you'd end up writing for a dog? Um, no, I did not. That's my friend, Stephanie Simpson. She was Wishbone's supervising producer, story editor, and head writer. However, in the early days when I was trying to figure out how to do it, I remembered that I had always made up dialogue and, and sort of monologues for our cat. And so in thinking about Wishbone, I don't know, it just seemed natural suddenly, I have to say, to write wishbone, uh, someone's pet as having this very rich inner life that you were not aware of. Over my career, I've been fortunate to work for a few people who put everything they humanly could into making something good, who wouldn't let up until it was as right as it could be. But Stephanie has been singular in my life. She taught me more than anyone how to tell a story. If soccer had Jackie, I had Stephanie. Stephanie had majored in Russian literature at Yale and earned a master's in drama at Harvard. She was perfectly trained for this bizarre task. Of course, she couldn't do it alone. And that's when I got the call. At the time, I was in a production of South Pacific at New Jersey's Paper Mill Playhouse. We got volleyball and ping pong and a lot of dandy games. What ain't we got? We ain't got dandy. Stephanie brought me down to Dallas to interview with Wishbone executive producer Rick Duffield, who hired me as a staff writer. I began working with Stephanie in what felt like a storytelling boot camp. Now, as I explained earlier, each episode of the show connected a modern-day storyline in the fictional town of Oakdale to a different work of classic literature. Here's Wishbone as Romeo in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Her mother. Her mother is the lady of the house. Oh, the lady of the. <gasps> is she a Capulet? Who is that gentleman? His name is Romeo. Now, in the contemporary plot line for that episode, one of the neighborhood kids, Samantha, falls in love with a beagle named Rosie at the local pound and wants to adopt her. Would your dad let you have a dog? If he saw this dog, he couldn't say no. The contemporary world was a way to show that there were themes and ideas in these in these great books that could be translated into a kid's life. So you could fall in love with the dog at the pound, and suddenly that could be the story of Romeo and, Romeo and Juliet. Now, there wasn't going to be a suicide in the contemporary story as there is in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, but there could be heartbreak. There could be a dog is adopted before you are able to adopt it. Sam, I'm sorry. I know how much you liked Rosie. And so you have to deal with some kind of loss. I'm glad she's okay. I mean, she really needed a good home. For me, the exciting thing was trying to match the thread to what I thought would capture a kid's imagination and and also their hearts. What would they care the most about? And it never occurred to you that an episode should with all due respect, 
because I, I have nothing against Cliff's Notes. And they yeah. are pronounced Cliff's Notes. Yeah. And for somebody who has trouble with S's, it's a lot of S's. But anyway, <laughs> I know. But, but because it could have been, in other hands, it would have been, okay, we're going to do the totality of this book in the half hour. No. That never, actually, I never felt pressured to do that. What I felt pressure to do was to get someone to fall in love with the idea of the book. The idea of the book. The idea of the book. Not the plot. Not the, the plot of the book, because there's only so many plots in the world. Plot really, to me, in a book is not the point. The point is how the author has taken a set of events and made them mean something different than they've ever met before because of who exactly is doing them and why they're doing them. If LeVar Burton's show Reading Rainbow was teaching kids how to read, Wishbone was showing kids why great books matter. And to me, it felt like the authors of these books never wrote them so that the books themselves would be um, kind of locked away from everyday people. I mean, no offense to uh literature majors, but I think it would be very disappointing for Cervantes to find out that only a, a small group of select students at a university were reading Don Quixote. That would be super sad for him. That's a work that's so sprawling. There are so many ideas there, right? It took right? so long to read it, Mo. <laughs> and I had, you know, maybe three days. <laughs> Cervantes's Don Quixote, considered the first modern novel, is about an idealistic man chasing the impossible dream of becoming a knight. In the Wishbone version, Joe chases a long shot of his own. 86 consecutive free throws in five minutes. That's all I'd need to hold the record for any kid under 16. Then I'd be in the Encyclopedia of World Records. Do you really think it's possible? Sure. Joe was trying to make a certain number of baskets and he was having trouble. He would get nervous and choke. He imagined that his life would be amazing if he could just achieve this one great thing. And in the end, he doesn't achieve it. You were great, but I didn't do the impossible. I'm not going down in history or anything. I'm not extraordinary. Hey, you don't have to perform impossible feats to be extraordinary. Just live your life. Life is an ongoing adventure. But it was the act of trying that matters. I, I've told people that writing for the show was like an assignment from an English professor on acid. It totally like, was. Yes, you are so right. Uh, that's a perfect way to describe it. And what's so funny... Mo, is looking back on it, I realize how crazy it was. But at the time when we were doing it, I didn't think it was that crazy. And it didn't seem nuts until later. To pull this nutty premise off, we had to stick to some hard and fast rules. For example, yes, Wishbone talks, thanks to Larry Brantley. But human characters in Wishbone's life in Oakdale don't hear him. Only the lucky viewers hear what he's thinking. But when Wishbone is imagining himself as a character in a book, he's acting opposite human actors who can hear him. Mr. Darcy, would you be a darling and escort me to the punch bowl? Uh, yes, of course. Excuse us, Miss Becker. Uh, Bennett. Sorry. Part of what was so, <laughs> what was so, well, immediately funny was that in the fantasy sequences that Wishbone was treated as a human. I imagine really that Wishbone was a kid, was a stand-in for a, a kid, mm -hmm. who when they act 
out stories and they're the star of the movie or the comic book in their imaginations or when they're playing it out with their friends, nobody stops and goes, well, you're a kid doing this. You're a kid, not a king. It's funnier that the dog just takes it for granted that he's doing it. And this is his imagination. And everyone will treat him in his imagination the way he would expect to be treated. People love the show so much. I know. It makes me so happy. And one of my goals and one of the things I think I said to you and to the whole crew when we were starting is we have an opportunity to be the first people to introduce these stories and images into a child's imagination. And I had to tell you also, Stephanie, you know, for all these years since the project, anything I've tried to do, I end up going back to Wishbone and what I learned from you and working on that. And, you know, <laughs> Jackie, I'm <laughs> sorry. to make me cry. Well, no, but Jackie, you know, talking about training Wishbone, I thought, I know this is a weird way to put it, but I was like, <laughs> Stephanie <laughs> trained me. No. I really, because I came into it and I, you know, it was, I realized I didn't know what I was doing at first. And I am so grateful to you for, you know, I'm getting emotional, but I'm no, so grateful. <laughs> Thank you, Mo. Well, I'm so grateful to hear you say that um, because I, I was under a lot of pressure and it was difficult sometimes. It's scary to write. I mean, I don't think, I don't know that you were scared. I was scared at first. <laughs> and, I, and then you gave me, you gave me the courage to do it. Yeah. I think also that um, for me, I loved each of these books so much. I, this is going to sound um, corny, but for me, the joy of it, even though it was also scary, the thing that over helped me overcome any fear that I had was once I actually, now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> once I actually read the book and fell in love with it, it seemed like not an easy thing, but an important thing to transmit that to someone else, to share that with somebody else. And that was what helped um, me overcome the fear of doing it was actually the sheer love of the story and the belief that other people needed to fall in love with it too. There's that proverb, it's always darkest before the dawn. That's certainly my experience with writing, the darkness part. Stephanie taught me by example how important it is not to give up and how satisfying it is to come out the other side. Wishbone is where I learned not to despair in creating something yeah. because yes. it's like, oh my God, it's it's really looking dire right now. It's really looking dire. But this is the project where I learned that it's at that point that you just keep pushing through That's and right. you're going to get there. That's where the leap will happen. I, right. A hundred percent. I still remember how I felt finishing the first episode I wrote for Wishbone based on H.G. Wells's The Time Machine. All systems ready. Destination unknown. Arrival time unknown. In case of emergency, keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle and blast off! I remember finishing it. I stayed up all night on New Year's Eve, oh 1994, and it was my best New Year's Eve ever. Oh. Finishing that script and it kind of locking into place. 
quite literally at dawn on New Year's Day, 1995. And that felt so, and so I, I, I like my New Year's Eves to be promising and not frivolous. <laughs> to be epic creation, moments of creation. I love it. I also think it's so fitting that you were writing the time machine as the year turned over. That is kind of perfect. How will you remember soccer? Oh, I will always remember soccer as the dog who made what I imagined in my head even better than I had imagined it. I really will. I thought, how will this ever actually happen? How will we ever actually do this? And then once I saw soccer on screen, I felt this relief that this was going to work and it was going to be even better than I thought it could be. And that's how I will remember soccer and be grateful to soccer always for that. Be grateful to him. Yeah. I am grateful to him and his beautiful brown eyes. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Wishbone wasn't just the best red dog on TV. He was also the best dressed. I mean, this dog was a total clothes horse. Just his hats alone. There was the top hat for when he played Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The adorable straw hat he wore as Tom Sawyer. The bicocket, that's the name of that cute little green hat he sported as Robin Hood. Wishbone superfans like Claire Conley vividly recall his costumes. There was an episode where it was the Tempest and he was Ariel and had this sort of like flowy costume that was really cute that I liked a lot. Trust me, you'll want to look up Wishbone's Tempest wardrobe. We're talking Liberace-level over-the-top. Costume designer Stephen Chudage and his team dressed an entire cast in a different period-specific wardrobe each episode, head-to-toe, or head-to-tail in the case of our star. Chudage talked to Entertainment Tonight in 1995. 
the challenge is sizing down human clothes and making them actually fit a dog. Dogs have a different anatomy than, than humans, as is obvious. And uh, of course, too, we have to we have to make things that he will wear. Well, for Ivanhoe, he was wearing chainmail. Dogs don't wear chainmail ordinarily. Well, they don't wear pants either. That's soccer's trainer, Jackie Captain, again. Mark Twain, remember, he had pants. <laughs> and we'd all laugh. You know, I'd never had him backflip with pants. Yeah. He kind of looked at me like, really? Yeah, you can do it. It's okay. Um, so that took a few days for him to get used to the pants. Of course, it wasn't just that backflip you saw on the opening credits. Soccer had to learn all sorts of new tricks and perform them in costume. Jackie trained him to belly crawl through the fog of war in the Red Badge of Courage episode. She trained him to pull the lever on the time machine. I think when we went there, we had like 15 behaviors, different tricks. And by the time we finished Wishbone, he had like 40 tricks. I was like, how many tricks can one little dog store in his little brain? But he was so devoted. Once he learned it, he would walk on water for me. Well, you say he'd walk on water for you, but to be fair, he didn't really like water, did he? No, he didn't. Okay, it's official. I don't like water. Most of the water work, including an epic scene from the Odyssey episode, was handled by a stunt dog named Phoebe. Yes, there were other dogs. Phoebe was amazing, and Phoebe was fearless. Right. She was our Linda Hamilton. She was our Linda Hamilton, 100%. Phoebe could leap off of things. She could swim, lap. She, I think, sat on a horse at one point. There was another stunt double, and I say this affectionately, but this dog had a face for radio. I mean, this was a a dog that I remember looking a little Jimmy Durante-like. Is that a fair way of characterizing Slugger, or am I being unfair? Oh, Slugger. He was so cute. He's such a sweet dog. I forgot about Slugger. Sorry, Slugger. (laughs) But rest assured, soccer was in almost every scene. But what's interesting about the other dogs is that none of them were close-up dogs. It was still soccer who was the the star, the wishbone. Those markings, those those eyes. Those eyes. And one other thing I can say about soccer's acting was his ability to look focused. Soccer's look at the other actor appeared as if he really was taking in what they were saying. I remember on set, after the director called action, often the only other voice you'd hear was Jackie's, speaking directly to her dog. When I was just working him on the set, my voice would be just kind of normal. I'd rehearse him to something, go Mark, stay good. Um, But then when we were done and he did exactly what I wanted, I wanted him to know that that was correct. And I'd go, good for you, good. And you could see that he'd be like, yes, I did it. Um, And that means a lot to them. Or when we were doing backflip, that's a really hard behavior. And I'd always go, ready, ready. And that kind of geared him up to what we were doing. Ready, flip. The show debuted on October 9th, 1995, and soon developed a, with all due respect to Cujo, rabid following. 
As you know, Wishbone is the star of the mega popular award-winning children's show on PBS designed to introduce kids to literature. I give you once again, the Wishbone Superfans. What more could you ask for? It's the perfect kid show. You got a cute dog. You got education. I remember my first exposure to like William Shakespeare was from this frickin' dog. We were just very wishbone obsessed in my house. Growing up outside Albany, New York, Aaron McDonough was a loyal viewer. I remember going to the library with my mom and being a big stack of books. And Faust was in there, which was one of my favorite episodes. And, you know, in that one, he sells his soul to the devil for a woman. And the librarian looked at me like dead in the face. Just, this is not appropriate for children. You cannot take out this book. And I was like, it was on Wishbone. Wishbone won several daytime Emmys, including for those dazzling costumes. The show also won a Peabody Award for Broadcast Storytelling Excellence. Wishbone. Presented here by Dan Rather. A diminutive canine with a taste for classic literature is the star of this next imaginative series. Soccer was now a bona fide star. Oh, yeah, you couldn't take him anywhere. You couldn't take him to a public park. No way. I'd be traveling to an airport. I mean, I had to cover his crate up with a towel. Really? So people didn't see his face because we wouldn't get through the airport. You're kidding. And I have pictures of people waiting in line two blocks long just to see this dog. Jeez. I mean, it was just incredible um, just to see him. Larry Brantley, the voice of Wishbone, remembers one incident at the height of soccer's celebrity during a promotional trip to D.C. Soccer stayed in one night while Larry and the other humans went out for dinner. When they came back, they found their hotel suite in disarray. He trashed it. He went after the comforter on the bed, tore that, both the pillowcases and pillows gone. He crawled under the bed. You know that black matting that holds yeah. the box spring in? All that's out. Just cluttered around the room like confetti. She was so upset. And I'm like, Jackie, this was his rock star moment. So what happened after Wishbone ended? What did, what did soccer do? He just ran the ranch and hung out with me and, you know, I just really felt like he gave me his heart. And I also didn't want him on film because he was so recognizable as Wishbone. And everybody's going to see him and go, that's Wishbone. What's he doing that for? And I think he really deserved his time to retire because he did his job. He never let me down. He never quit me. Um, and to me, that's the ultimate. Soccer died on June 26, 2001. He was 13. I don't think you ever get used to it. I've had dogs my whole life, and you never get used to losing one of them. Um, people think, oh, she has a lot of dogs. It's not hard for her. No, it's really hard. Um, I missed him a lot. I still miss him. What kind of a reaction did his death get? I didn't really um, tell anybody for a year or so. Um, I just, you know, it's such a personal thing. He was a public dog on video, but he was still my private dog. He was my dog. And that's between me and him. And I didn't want people to see him when he got really old and he couldn't hardly see. You know, everybody's going to get old. I wanted him to have dignity because he was such a pretty, outgoing, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Yeah, I was sorry to see him go. 
Well, I apologize for being so hard to get a hold of, but you know, when you retire, you become very irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. When I think of soccer now, I think of the former kids who still get excited when I tell them I wrote for the show. I think of the blazing heat of the Texas summer when we shot outside and how jealous I was that soccer had an air-conditioned tube he could rest in between takes. I kind of wanted to crawl in there with him. I think of how fortunate I was that my very first job in television was on a show where so much love went into the final product. And I think of soccer's gorgeous face. Those eyes really did tell stories. Damn, he really was a good-looking dog. It's this really cute show that I feel like too few people know about at this point. The reason I have all these books isn't my fault. It's this guy's fault. Why all the books? What happened? What's the story, Wishbone? When it comes up that one of your adult friends also watched Wishbone, like, that's a conversation that can last another hour, you know? I certainly hope you enjoyed this Mobituary. May I ask you to please rate and review our podcast? You can also follow Mobituaries on Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at Moraka. Hear all new episodes of Mobituaries every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. And check out Mobituaries' Great Lives Worth Reliving, the New York Times best-selling book, now available in paperback and audiobook. It includes plenty of stories not in the podcast. This episode of Mobituaries was produced by Aaron Schrank. Our team of producers also includes Wilco Martinez-Cachero and me, Moraka. It was edited by Maura Walls and engineered by Josh Hahn, with fact-checking by Naomi Barr. Our production company is Neon Hum Media. Our archival producer at CBS is Jamie Benson. Our theme music is written by Daniel Hart. Indispensable support from Craig Swagler, Dustin Gervais, Alan Pang, Reggie Bazile, and everyone at CBS News Radio. Special thanks to Gideon Evans, Kate McAuliffe, and Alberto Robina. Our senior producer is the irrepressible Aaron Schrank. Executive producers for Mobituaries include Steve Razies and Moraka. The series is created by yours truly. And as always, undying gratitude to Rand Morrison and John Carp for helping breathe life into Mobituaries. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.